The Seahawks represent a formidable test for the Chargers on Sunday, but getting a good game from Gerald Everett could be key to a Chargers victory. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And me and David both agree that this upcoming matchup is not going to be easy for the Chargers on Sunday. And for me, I'm looking at Gerald Everett, who's had a couple of sleepy games to wake up with potentially no Josh Palmer, potentially no Donald Parham for this game. They need other guys to step up for Justin Herbert to shred a pretty poor secondary outside of one guy in Seattle. And the running game should be able to get it going as well. But defensively, can the Chargers turn back the clock on Geno Smith and make him look like the Geno Smith of old? They're going to need a little bit of that before we get into our final game predictions and bold predictions for this one. I don't know if I can do Mike Williams again. The streak is now broken. But <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David, I was looking at somewhere very particular for my key for success in this game offensively and I landed on Gerald Everett because he has a really really good matchup this week and there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the offensive weapons for the Chargers on this one just as hard I mean starting with Keenan Allen because where else can you start on that right because Keenan Allen after seeming like he was going to play this week and saying you know hey things look bright for the Seahawks game last week when he didn't end up playing is now saying hey we're fully weighing maybe taking this week off to get the bye week right after and I think Gerald Everett is a guy that if Keenan can't play, if Josh Palmer can't play, if Donald Parham can't play, he needs to step up big for this offense this week. Yeah, well, and, and the good thing for Gerald Everett is there's been a couple of examples of tight ends going off against the Seattle Seahawks defense. You go back, you look at Kyle Pitts, five catches, 87 yards, and then there was a gigantic performance from the Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson. Eight receptions, 179 yards. He absolutely torched the Seattle Seahawks secondary so Gerald Everett has a great matchup a little bit of a revenge game there for Gerald Everett being the former Seahawk here a great matchup also with uh, the potential absence of some other stars Gerald Everett is primed to have a big impact on this game yeah and I mean it's basically him and Trey McKitty right and then maybe Richard Rodgers I guess you know if obviously Donna Parham can't play and I think what we've seen with this coaching staff is when guys do get concussions I don't think we've seen a guy show up the very next week yet, right? Yeah. Especially since both of those guys haven't practiced Josh Palmer or Donald Parham this week. I mean, the tight end group is thin. They need their big marquee free agent signing tight end to be the guy that steps up this week. And I think he has the great matchup to do that. I mean, all in all, they give up an average of 5.3 catches and 88 yards per game, two tight ends on a per game basis. So that's a very juicy matchup. Four touchdowns allowed, two tight ends. So I think it could be a Gerald Everett time. Maybe switching my bold prediction to Gerald Everett. Maybe I can give him the spark that he needs in this one. But I do think, David, when you're looking at the best matchups for the Chargers and the places they can exploit this Seahawks defense, the Seahawks defense hasn't been good, right? I mean, third most points allowed so far this season. 
really you can run or throw on them. I mean, 22nd against the pass, worse against the run near the bottom of the league. But I think hopefully the Chargers can get the running game back going. And we could also see a little bit of Isaiah Spiller this week, David, which would be great to see. Please, 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 please. It is time to open the Isaiah Spiller floodgates. Okay? All he has to do is beat out Larry Roundtree, and we get to see him this weekend. Like I said before, we've seen what that looks like, and now it's time to see what the kid can do. I think this is a perfect matchup to introduce Isaiah Spiller to the NFL because the Seattle Seahawks are giving up 165.8 rushing yards per game. That is 31st in the league, giving up over five yards per carry. So there is a great opportunity to run the football. Austin Eckler should be featured heavily in this game, in the running game, and in the passing game. But I really love the idea of Isaiah Spiller in between the tackles as a really nice compliment to Austin Eckler in this game. Unleash him. Let's see what the kid can do. Yeah, and I mean, like, Taysom Hill absolutely diced up the Seahawks defense. I mean, that was crazy. Nine for 112 Mm. yards in that game. But even if you're just counting the running backs, right, running backs alone have racked up 698 rushing yards against the Seahawks defense in six games. So we know that's over 100 per game. Just quick math. I mean, neither of the teams we're going to see in this game have exquisite run defenses, but the Chargers should be able to get it going, specifically Austin Eckler. And this was something that Corbin Smith yesterday said that he was terrified of, was seeing Austin Eckler running through that front seven, running through that secondary because they have been prone to missing tackles. And if you look at a comp for him, a guy like Alvin Kamara, which he brought up, Alvin Kamara had 23 carries for 103 yards and six catches for 91 yards. That's 194 total yards of offense for Alvin Kamara. They have trouble with guys like him. This is an opportunity for Austin Eckler to have another big game. I think the run game was so-so last week, but especially given the uncertainty with your offensive weapons, it needs to show up this week. And we've seen them show you know, the capability to do it. They should have Corey Lindsley back in the middle. That's definitely going to help. Most of their you know, yes. recent starting five offensive lines should be intact for this game, at least to start the game, right? And we just have to hope everything goes well in the middle of it. But this is a great matchup for Austin Eckler, and you wish you could see Josh Kelly in this game, but looks like he's going to be out two to four weeks, according to the reports. So yeah. one more thing, David, I think hopefully we see Justin Herbert get back to looking like Justin Herbert this week after a couple of down games. And he has a great opportunity to do this because Tariq Woolen is absolutely someone that Justin Herbert should be afraid of a little bit. Don't throw late against Tariq Woolen. The dude has be wary of already him. This yeah, season, for sure. Doesn't mean don't, you know, go at him at all. Right. But there are much better matchups to go up against in this secondary. I mean, this is a plus matchup for the Chargers. If they can get these other guys going, the DeAndre Carters, the Michael Bandys of the world, there is a real opportunity there. There is. And that's why one of my other keys for success in this game is take some shots. Let's air it out. This is the first time this this year, basically since the first week, that Justin Herbert was not on the injury report at all. That means he's fully participated in practice all week. That is really, really good news. That's the clearest indication that Justin Herbert is feeling a lot better physically. So that lets me know that it's time to get the cannon out and start letting it loose. After a little over four yards per attempt, for for Justin Herbert against the Broncos, it's time for Justin Herbert to remind everyone in the league why he is one of the top quarterbacks. It's time to air it out and take some shots. Yeah, I like taking some shots. Unfortunately, the Chargers don't have any fast receivers, so we'll see if maybe they bring up someone like John Hightower for this one, if they can get someone that's going to stretch the field. I want to know who's going to be playing outside because that's usually Mike Williams and Josh Palmer 
the other guys you're going to potentially have, I mean, Michael Bandy, DeAndre Carter, those guys are more slot receivers. They have body types of slot receivers. I'm guessing we're going to see some Jason Moore this weekend. We'll see how that experiment goes. But if they can put it together, if the offensive line can hold up, there are opportunities to be had against the Seahawks defense. I mean, this is a defense that gave, what, 45 points to the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions have had a pretty good offense so far this year too. But that being said, I mean, there's a lot of rookies on this defense. There's a lot of very young, inexperienced players. The Chargers will have their opportunities. Maybe we even see Justin Herbert run a little bit, right? I think that is something. I'm not saying design quarterback draws from him, but I would like to see him, you know, not put himself in danger. But if it's there, go get those free 10 yards. Yeah. Go get those free 12 yards. It's go out pick there. up that first down, right? And just protect yourself. And so far, I mean, when he does run the ball, he's been overly cautious. So I'm not worried about him taking an unnecessary hit. I mean, he's been pretty good about it so far. So I don't yeah. think there's any you know problem with him trying to pick up some yards with his legs and some quarterbacks have had success against the Seahawks defense doing exactly that so far this year. But the matchup that scares me more in this team is not the offense versus the Seahawks defense. I mean, the offense should be putting up close to 30 points in this one, right? That's what I expect, even with some of the guys that they're missing. The defense, on the other hand, I think the big question I brought up yesterday is can they do it again, what they did to the Broncos, to a really good offense, right? Because that's what the Seahawks have been. Geno Smith's been a really good quarterback. The Seahawks have been a really, really good offense so far this year. So can they hold up? Can they turn back the clock on Geno Smith? We're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys about something that has given me a ton of peace of mind, especially during COVID, especially when I've been at work. And that is my Simply Safe Security Network. And here's a sports analogy for you guys. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone. You need the absolute strongest defense you can muster. This is why I use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back so you always know your home is safe. That is something that is great. I mean, something that since I've had Simply Safe, I've realized how much more comfortable I am now. I don't get, you know, anxious about, hey, did I accidentally leave the door open? Did the door click when I left? Right. I can always see it. And I never worry as much about my dog at home because it always sucks when you have to go to work. You're leaving your dog at home. You don't know what's going on there. With Simply Safe, you know everything that's going on around your house. And they have a ton of great things that keep you protected at all times with 24-7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch a police or first responder in an emergency. Even if you're not home and even if you can't be reached, they'll do what it takes to keep your home protected. Right now, guys, all you have to do to customize the perfect system for your home is just go to simplysafe.com slash NFL. You can even save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free. Visit simplysafe.com slash NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Let's flip things over to the defensive side of things here. David, where do you want to start with this one? Because I do think this is obviously the tougher matchup for the Chargers. I mean, it feels like there's six different things I can kind of point out that I'm a little bit at least worried about. Sure. Yeah. So for me, starting things off with the keys for success on defense is keep it exotic. And what I mean by keep it exotic is keep those blitz coming. Keep those exotic looks coming Continue to utilize Drew Tranquil as a blitzer. Keep using Derwin James to help manufacture pressure. The Seattle Seahawks have given up eight sacks in the last two games alone. Five to the Cardinals, three to the Saints. So that, that offensive line can be had, especially the tackles. They have, they're have they very young on the outside. Charles Cross, the left tackle, he's given up a couple sacks this year. So stress them out. I mean, uh, let put, put Mac on Cross one-on-one as often as you can and really introduce him to the NFL. I, I want to see that quite a bit in this game but keep it exotic that that's the thing that 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 worked let's keep it going 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that all kind of goes to the main common denominator of right getting Geno Smith off of his game. Like, yes, that, that is really what it takes. But I mean, it, I don't think it matters if it's Charles Cross. I mean, I'd almost rather him go up against Abe Lucas. I think either side he has a really good matchup. The other yeah. part of this defense, I think, has a good matchup is the interior, right? Because the interior for the Seahawks hasn't been very good either, especially lately. The guys that have been starting have not been able to get the job done. Phil Haynes, the right guard, has given up multiple pressures in three out of the four games, and he's expected to start this weekend. Damian Lewis, the left guard, allowed two sacks just in the last game alone. So maybe a Morgan Fox game. Can Jerry Tillery step up? I think that interior pressure is one of those things where if you can collapse the pocket around Geno Smith and you can get those guys up the middle, that's going to play huge into this game. It's going to make him and take him off of his game. And the other thing is, too, is just making him hit those early reads and trying to get rid of the ball because he has become a very good system quarterback in the sense of he's making the right moves. But one thing that you can do is expedite that clock, right? Make him get it off to a running back quicker than he wants to, right? Make him speed up his decision-making and hope that you can catch on to a mistake because he will just take those easy throws all day long if you give it to him. If you can, you know, make him hurry that up, if you can jump something, the opportunity is there. And I think the other place where Geno Smith has really struggled comparatively, at least, is in the red zone because we knew that the Broncos were bad in the red zone last week. They're not as yeah. historically bad as the Broncos, but they're the second worst team in the league, and it's not particularly close. They've only scored a touchdown on 33% of their red zone trips. The next closest team at 30 is at 38%, so closer to 40%. This is one place where this Seahawks offense specifically has not been great so far this season, and I think that's another place where you might be able to frustrate Geno Smith, get in his head a little bit, and you know start turning back the clock on him. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, obviously, you don't want you want to buckle down as much as possible in the red zone and try to prevent those touchdowns. So, I mean, that that's definitely something that the Chargers need to focus on here. One of the things that I wanted to point out here that you have to be ready for is Geno Smith taking some shots. He whenever he goes deep, his pass is over 20 plus yards. He's at about a 50 percent completion percentage, but he has six touchdowns to only one interception. And that that's probably due in large part to guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, two wide receivers that can stretch the field, that can really provide some explosive plays. So you got to be ready. And also the kind of him throwing on, throwing on the run. He's really, really accurate throwing on the yeah. runs. What I, I, I gathered when I was watching the games back. I mean, that's definitely something that's a big part of his game. So be wary of the deep shots from Geno Smith. Yeah, and I thought, you know, up until really the last game, I thought he'd done a pretty good job, even when he was under pressure, getting rid of the football or finding somewhere to go with it and not just taking sacks. But he did take a couple in the last game. They had five sacks allowed in that last game against the Cardinals, which is one of the few games where Geno Smith has really only looked average. So you can make him look like that, and they only needed, you know, what, 19 points to win that game. But I don't know if 19 points is going to win this game against the Chargers. So if they can make him uncomfortable like that, I think the other thing you can do to hopefully eliminate some of those big plays Maybe just like you saw with those exotic blitzes, which I think is huge for this game, especially for the Chargers to keep up that third down game that they had last week. I mean, that was one of the huge factors of that game is just getting off of the field defensively on third down, which they did a ton. Huge. The other thing, though, was using Drew Tranquil as a spy a little bit. And that's one of the things I would love to see in this game is have Drew Tranquil be the spy. We saw him last game get a sack that ended up forcing a field goal attempt by by the Broncos and Russell Wilson. And that was great because it totally shut down that drive. And as soon as Russell Wilson broke the pocket, Drew Tranquil just took off like a rocket and took him down in the backfield and got a sack. And it totally just ended what could have been a big play for the Broncos last week because he just got there. He didn't give him any time to, you know, just kind of sit there and assess the situation and try to find somebody and just keep creating time. 
if you have something like that, that could potentially eliminate one of those big plays. But David, realistically for the Chargers, I think you just can't give him any more. Like I think Gino, as weird as it sounds, is going to get his at least a little bit, right? Especially against the Chargers secondary with J.C. Jackson starting. And he's going to run, too. He's going to run, too. He's still very athletic. He can still get out of the the pocket and still get some first downs with his legs. So you got to be ready for that, too. Yeah, and that's where like the you know quarterback spy comes in as well. Yeah. Like you're doing that directly to combat that. But yes, the most explosive rusher is going to be Kenneth Walker in this game, and he's the guy By that far. really really scares me because he's explosive. Oh. Right, he has 29 carries for 185 yards and 6.4 yards per carry over the last two games. Like that's nuts. He's broken, I think, like 14 tackles in the last game or something insane. Like 22 that. forced missed tackles and 44 carries is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, but the big thing, though, is it's been a big run in each of the last few games. He's had a 34-yard run in one game, and he had a 69-yard run in another game. So, yeah. like, if and that was one thing we did take away last week from the Chargers' defense was they didn't give up a 40-plus-yard run. We didn't know we'd be so excited about that at any point <laughs> this season. But they didn't do it. And I think if you can take that explosive run away from Kenneth Walker that one time where he's just making everyone miss – I think they can at least keep it manageable because, I mean, if you take those two big runs away, that's 56% of the yards he's gotten in the last two games, right? So if if you can just eliminate that explosive, I think that's going to be something that really helps the Chargers defense, even if it might not be a good matchup for them. You got to hit this guy immediately. You got to get him before he gets going. The, the One of my notes is his stop and start ability is next level. It, it's ridiculous. The explosiveness, the way he moves. He's like a video game character. I mean, it's, yeah. this guy is like he was created out of Madden. It's just the, the way he moves, the way he can and make people look really silly. But what I've also noticed is that when you hit him, you know, first hit him in the backfield, he, he can't really go anywhere. That's going to be the end of the play for him. So you cannot let him get a full head of steam or else it's going to be very, very dangerous for the Chargers poorest run defense. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I think it's just about kind of mucking it up, kind of like what we talked yes. about before the Chargers run defense. Right. Just you can't give him a bunch of clear holes to to run through anything defined. You have to be filling in your run gaps. Right. You have to be yeah. able to fit the defense and fit the run as Brandon Staley would say, where it's like, you need somebody in every gap. If you can muddy that up, if you can muck things up in there and make him, you know, stutter step behind the line of scrimmage, you're giving yourself a chance and he will take negative runs at times too. But if you let him get going, if you let him get into your secondary, a secondary that's not very good at tackling, it's going to be a huge problem in this game. So I think if you can make him less explosive, you can take away those big runs. Like we saw the chargers, the longest run last week was 14 yards. Yeah. I think that will pay huge dividends, especially in the red zone when they've already been bad. You don't want to give up anything on the ground over there. But, David, I think this is a very interesting game where a lot is still up in the air, especially defensively and offensively. I mean, mostly offensively with the weapons that the yeah. Chargers have. But a lot is still up in the air, and big questions are going to have to be answered because, like, the run defense is also a lot better when they have Sebastian Joseph Day. He hasn't been fully practicing so far this week. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to miss the game, but obviously he's a little banged up with an ankle. Yeah. And that's something we're going to have to keep monitoring as well. But it's time to put our money where our mouths are, David, because we do have to get into our final game predictions. I picked the Chargers to squeak out a three-point win yesterday on the Seahawks crossover. But what will David do? Will he go against the Chargers this week? I thought he might have done it last week, but he didn't. Let's see if he actually pulls the trigger. And we'll also get into which players we think have the best matchups and could go off in our bold predictions segment. But I do need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast, and that's betonline.net betonline is just a different kind of betting site because not only can you do everything you want as far as you can find any game you want to bet on whether it's football baseball 
MMA, NBA. We just actually had a sports equinox where yesterday we had every major sport playing in the same game, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. Also, like one of the best kind of betting games that you could have all the time. You can create crazy parlays with Bet Online as well. But one of the things that really sets Bet Online apart is the information. It's your number one source for betting football in the start of the new baseball season because you can find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's your one stop shop to not only place your bets, but to keep involved, keep up with everything going on along this crazy sports world. They have all the best info that you're going to find out there to make the most accurate bets that you want to make. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. David, it's time to get bold and get crazy, and I'm very upset that my streak is broken. I had Every time I had picked Mike Williams to go off, he had gone off. Every time I used him as my bold prediction, he had to the Mike Williams 100-yard streak. 100%. I mean, hey, we're not that far away from him still kind of going off in that last game. He had that ridiculous sideline catch that looked like it could have somehow been a catch, but it was super, super close. It then sure he had did. the other one where he was interfered with by Pat Sertan the second way Clearly. down the field where he came back and probably should have still ended up making that catch anyways. But it wasn't that far away for as bad of a game as it looked like. He was close to a couple of those popping off. They're going to need it again this week from Mike Williams. But can I pick him for my bold prediction again now that the streak is broken or do I switch it up? David, I'll let you start on the offensive side of things today. Who are you going with? What are you going with for your offensive bowl prediction? So my offensive bowl prediction is one I think that we haven't even picked all year, which is absolutely insane to me. But this one's going around the quarterback, Justin Herbert. I'm saying Justin Herbert is going to have a big performance. I'm talking 350 and three touchdowns for Justin Herbert. I think he reminds everybody why he is one of the top five best quarterbacks in the league, feeling good, feeling healthy. I think he attacks on Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny. I said he had a couple of down games, but only by his standards, right? And obviously against the Browns, I mean, it was a rushing attack, right? That was their best rushing attack since, I think, 2018 or something like that. So he didn't throw as much. In the last game, he threw a ton. They just couldn't get anything going offensively through the whole game, and it just turned into him just doing a bunch of checkdowns. I want him to let it rip. I want him to be more aggressive. I want him to take some shots, even if they're tight windows, because you need to see more explosiveness from this offense, and that yeah. comes with taking chances. And that's not a criticism of him. A lot of times he's making the right read. He's making the right throw. But we have seen him miss some uncharacteristic throws the last couple of weeks as well. I think that's only a phase. I think he's going to get back on track this week as well. With his number one weapon, Gerald Everett. I'm switching it up. Mike Williams, I think, you know, has everything it takes to have another good performance, and they're going to need him to. But I do think that Gerald Everett has the best matchup offensively in this game. I mean, if you look at fantasy points, the Seahawks are giving up the 32nd most, or they're the 32nd ranked team as far as stopping tight ends so far this season. And I mean, that is something that Gerald Everett can absolutely, you know, exploit. I mean, TJ Hawkinson did have that game where he went insane. But it's also, I mean, He has six catches for 31 yards in the last two games after he had been a really, really solid, dependable, explosive kind of piece of this Chargers offense over the first four weeks of the season. It's kind of gone down a little bit. And there's, I mean, I've heard people say he was a little sick last week and had that illness that kept him out of practice early in the week. This is a juicy matchup for him. The Chargers don't have a ton of other options in this game. I think Gerald needs a big one, and I think he gets it. I'm going to say seven catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown, hopefully part of Justin I love it big days you're putting out there but let's go to the defensive side of things now David who do you think's going off 
All right, so defensive bowl prediction in this one. I think that Khalil Mack is going to have a week one type performance in this game. I'm going three sacks for Khalil Mack. I think he's going to be an absolute terror to the Seattle CX offensive line. They're going to have nightmares of Khalil Mack for the next week after this game. Yeah, and hopefully it's not just Khalil Mack, right? I mean, right. I feel like we're still waiting for that second option to really come about on the other side of Khalil Mack, somebody to actually take some pressure off of Khalil Mack. Hasn't happened yet. Maybe this is the week it happens, but I'm not going on the outside. I'm going on the inside. I'm going with Morgan Fox. I'm thinking a big Morgan Fox day. I mean, he had the most pressures on the interior through the first, like, four weeks. He was, like, top 10 in the NFL. He's been their most consistent force on the interior. Him and Jerry Tillery have a good matchup this week. I'm going Morgan Fox, two sacks, one force fumble, and also throwing a little side of Nazir Adderley, one interception in this game. Hey. So I'm going Morgan Fox, two sacks, one force fumble, one strip sack, and I'm going Nazir Adderley, getting back in the starting lineup, taking the ball away from Geno Smith, which he's been really good at protecting him. I think Nazir Adderley comes up on one this week, and I can't wait to see it. But I like it. David, I picked the Chargers to win 31-20 in this game, and my main kind of thought process there was, I think the Chargers offense will figure it out. I mean, they had such a tough matchup last week, like a way harder matchup last week. And I think that this is going to feel a lot different. The clamps on these receivers is going to feel a lot looser going up against the Seahawks defense, which doesn't even compare remotely to what they faced last week in Denver, even even with the injuries, right? That's all pro corners they have over there. That's all pro safeties they have over there. All pro, you know, really good edge rushers. Ridiculous front seven. Yeah, that defense is one of the best in the league. It was nuts. The Chargers should get theirs this week. I still question whether the Chargers defense is going to show up, especially considering J.C. Jackson is going to be starting again. I was hoping they'd shut him down until after the bye week. He did say, hey, I'm going to be studying a lot now. But then, it, like, those things are always kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because it's like, hey, I'm going to study more now. But it's like, are you basically saying you weren't studying enough, right? Or are you saying that you weren't doing enough until this point, which is, you know, playing a factor into why you haven't been great so far this season? I don't necessarily think that's the case because he was great in training camp and seemed to be picking it up fine. But I still worry against this explosive Seahawks offense, which you'd think you'd be saying with Russell Wilson, who's on the least explosive offense in the league. Everything's confusing. But I do think the defense could struggle a little bit here, David. So I have the Chargers winning, but I have them winning another tight one, just like every other game of the season. Yeah, I mean, I I understand it. I I totally understand it. That's the brand of football that the Chargers have played, but they have won most of those close games. They're sitting here at four and two. And this game here against the Seattle Seahawks, I think a lot of people on the outside think that this could be a trap game, that this could be a game where if the Chargers don't come prepared, they could easily lose this game going into the bye week. So I think that this is a game the Chargers need to be up for. They got to be ready for it. They got to be prepared And I think they will be. I mean, I alluded to a Justin Herbert big performance in this game, and that's why I am going to go with a pretty big margin of victory here. I feel really good about this game, and I think it's going to be 34 to 21 Chargers. I think it's going to be a convincing victory going into the bye week. You think it's going to be their biggest win of the season? I mean, that, you know, by numbers, statistically, better than the Texans game where they won by 10. Yeah. (laughs) God, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great to have a Sunday where you're not, you know, feeling you might have to go check your heart out at the emergency room afterwards, right? So I, I would love to see that. I mean, this Chargers team has a negative point differential through six games, even with a four and two record. I mean, they have yeah. not been able to blow teams out. If they're able to come together 
for what would be a very impressive win at that margin, especially. I mean, they are favorites at betonline.net, but that's not a 10-point favorite, right? It's closer to six, five or six. So I think for this game, if they can do that, that would be a huge, I think, turning point in this season potentially for them getting a convincing win like that, going five and two into the bye week before they're going to have another test with the Atlanta Falcons, who just smoked the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yeah, and they saw the 49ers coming up with Christian McCaffrey now. So everything ah. is crazy, but the Chargers can get a big check, you know, on that a- NFC West checklist this weekend if they can take out the Seahawks team that has really passed all expectations so far this year. And we will be here with you guys after the game with your Chargers post-game show. As always, before Sunday Night Football starts, we'll be here talking about everything that happened in the Chargers game. Hopefully, we're here talking about a big W. But to make sure that you don't miss it, subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Peacock and Williamson show with Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson breaking down everything across the league in 30 minutes so you can keep up with everything that's not always Chargers related and always hear them talk about when the Chargers are doing great things. But that's going to do it for us today. If you want to find the show, you can also find it on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalk. SD and his DMs are always open. You can find the show's page at LockedOnLAC or on Instagram at LockedOnChargers or on our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. If you guys want to get your questions in on the voicemail line, you can do that, especially since we have the bye week coming up next week. We're definitely going to get into some fan stuff there. Call in to 323-524-7924. We're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. If you keep it around 30 seconds, your question is probably getting on the show that day but that's going to do it for us today we'll be back with you guys for the chargers post game show after a huge victory hopefully against the seahawks at home at sofi this weekend but until then guys take it easy and go bolts